Welcome to the Uncompromising Faith Podcast. Why don't you pull up the chair and make yourself comfortable? My name is Homer Les, and along with my wife, Wanda Ring, we are inviting you to join us as we explore what it means to walk by faith. When I was a kid, I used to go out into the field and work with my father, and in the field, a dog came to me. She was a beautiful border collie, and she lived in the farm next to our farm. Now, we didn't live at our farm, and there was nobody living at that farm, but the dog was kept at that farm, and she was very lonely, very lonely dog. And every time I came out to the field to work, she would come and visit me, and we would play and have a great time. We were built to have relationship. And in this time of lockdowns and social distancing, it's really hard to be in a relationship, isn't it, Wanda? It sure is, because we either can pursue relationship with each other or we're going to be in fear. And I think relationships do take a lot of faith to believe that God can overcome in the midst of that relationship. And of course, the most important relationship is marriage because it does represent the beautiful, wonderful relationship of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and the Crucified Bride. And I've always said to you, Homer, that in God's kingdom, there should be no singleness, meaning a single heart or a self-heart. We're supposed to have a married heart. Absolutely. We were designed by God to be in relationship. We were designed from the very beginning to be in intimacy with Him. In fact, did you know that today when I was out walking the dog, I saw the most touching scene there was a mother and daughter that were hugging. And for the longest time, they were just hugging. I haven't seen that for a long time. And it reminded me that we need touch. We need to be in close contact with each other because our spirits were designed for intimacy, not to be separate. But the reason we are separate is because we have this thing called the self-nature in us, which was put in there by Satan, and it separates us from God. Exactly. And of course, Satan was the first single in the universe when he violated the desire to live in God's heart and wanted to be God. So he violated the order of heaven to love and obey God and worship him. He wanted to be single, and it was his pride that actually cast him out of heaven because of his single heart, his self-heart. And it's true, Homer, we do need touch, and there's healthy touch out there. We need to be God's body in the earth, and he wants to speak through us and work through us and touch others through us. And so we need to be a people that represent heaven. And because he has so refined us in our own marriage, I believe in the times to come, God will be looking for those vessels that will really represent him, his married heart to the world. Right. We want to have that married heart with God. But because we have the self-nature, the biggest part of the journey is learning how to put that nature down so that we can enter into that marriage with God. We can enter into that intimacy with Him. Now, Wanda, you have often said that there are 
three stages in our walk with God. This is something we learned in the wilderness. And you put it really well with the visual of a butterfly. Tell us what you learned about the butterfly and the stages and what we go through as we pursue God. I remember this day very clearly. I was sitting on one of the beaches in PEI and meditating about the fact that we had been brought into the wilderness, but not fully understanding the reason for this season in God. And then it just began to flow through my mind. It was like a puzzle piece coming together that out of Egypt I've called my son. And I thought, my goodness, everybody needs to leave Egypt because we're supposed to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. And then from Egypt, you go to the wilderness where you become refined. I call it the oatmeal barrel. I call it the place where we learn to have the married heart, just like the children of Israel of old were to learn to have the married heart. And then from that place, when we're refined and we are compatible with the nature of Christ, he'll move us into the promised land. So yes, there are three stages, and I began to see it very clearly, Egypt, wilderness, promised land. I began to see very clearly vessels like bronze, silver, and gold. I began to see very clearly that Esther was in Susa, and then she was brought to the palace, and then she became queen. You see these three stages everywhere, and it is a progression of growth that I think the church has not really understood. The template and the map has always been there to get to become part of the Bride of Christ and to enter to the Promised Land. But people have not meditated on the fact that they need to leave Egypt to go to the wilderness. The map has not changed. The Lord says, I am the Lord, I do not change. What once was will come again. There is nothing new under the sun. So if God called Israel to the wilderness, he will call us to the wilderness because the purpose of it is to learn to call him Ishi, my husband. Absolutely. And the, one of the visuals that we learned about was the one of the butterfly. Remember, the butterfly starts life not as a butterfly, but as a worm. That's right, Homer. Yes, when you're in Egypt, you're like the caterpillar. And there's a scripture that says, but my worm, Jacob. Now, that wasn't an insult. It just meant that you weren't in a place where you were off the ground. And Egypt is a place where you first learn the things of God. You become a believer. You may get the gifts of God, the left hand of God. And you start interacting with church people. And you begin to share the Lord. But it's only a place where you come up to maybe elementary school in God. And then he calls you to the wilderness. And you go into this season of the chrysalis, which I call the season of the oatmeal barrel. And it's a season of mush where you really are turned upside down and you're poured from vessel to vessel because God wants to get the scent out of you which is self. Remember in the scriptures in Jeremiah he poured Moab from vessel to vessel because their scent remained in them and then when you come out of that season you go into the promised land just like the chrysalis is broken open and you come out and you fly and you're off the ground. It's a beautiful analogy of transformation. I would agree. I see the experiences that we went through in Egypt, that we go through as a worm, is we're on the earth. We don't leave the earth, we're connected to it, we're, we're participating in society, we look like everybody else. That's common for everybody and that's one thing I don't think every listener, every believer really understands, is that it's quite normal when we first come to Christ to be in that stage of being on the earth. But as we progress, as we are feeding on Jesus, as we take our lessons and ingest them, we will grow. And eventually we'll get to a point where God will put us into the chrysalis, which is a place of constriction. 
We can't go anywhere. We're not moving at all. And that's pretty much how we felt when we were in the wilderness. Even though we were traveling from place to place, we were constricted by our financial situation and by our circumstances. We just couldn't go wherever we wanted to. We were constrained by God. And we were very much like mush. There was a lot of times when we would have meltdowns and it was very difficult. But the third stage is when you fly with God. You literally get off the earth and are flying above what you're seeing. And you can grow and do things you couldn't do before. The caterpillar will go to the cocoon and it will be isolated. That's a natural process. But that butterfly, when it comes out, can't be helped. It has to do it on its own. Because if we try and help that, if we interfere in that process, we can actually damage that caterpillar that has become a butterfly. Yes, I think I was about six or seven years old and I actually was witnessing the breaking open of the chrysalis and I could see the butterfly coming out and I was just awestruck. And so as I watched the butterfly begin to come out, I began to have pity for it. Like a little girl, I thought, I can help it. So I took my fingers and I gently pulled apart the chrysalis and the butterfly came out, but instead of flying, it was wet and it just limped on the grass. And I was hoping that it would just fly away, but it didn't. In fact, it died before me and I was just so brokenhearted. I thought I was trying to help it. And then it just, died and I thought what did I do and so in my childish desire to help I actually hurt and I never forgot that lesson I really am glad that I saw that because I understand that what it needs is strength and so by making it hard the butterfly strengthens its wings to get out of the chrysalis and then in that strengthening even the wings dry off so that it can fly but because I didn't let it gain that strength, I heard it instead of helped it. So what you are saying, Wanda, is that we need the resistance training. Even though it is fairly easy to go from a caterpillar into the chrysalis, that strengthening is crucial in order to be able to get out of the chrysalis. When we go through difficulties in the wilderness and Satan resists us, this isn't something that is designed to hurt us or cause us pain or suffering. It is actually designed to build up our strength. That's why I think a lot of believers struggle with the wilderness. They think it's a place where they'll be totally stripped and abandoned and left for dead. But that's hardly the case. It's more like a gym where more and more weight is put on you and as you resist and build up strength, you can handle more weight. This is one thing about the wilderness that I found true, is that when we're battling self, we have to have that inner strength to battle it. Because it's already within and a squatter in us, it has a lot of strength to begin with. 
our spirit has to build up that strength in order to battle the self-nature in us and subdue it and put it to death. That doesn't happen overnight. That's why we need the wilderness. That's why we need the second stage. That's why we need the chrysalis, because think about it. Here you're in this constrained place. You can't go anywhere but where God leads you. You can't do anything. And so there's a lot of time on your hands. So you are trapped with your self-nature and your spirit nature. That's right. And we can see that when we look at the scriptures because the children of Israel went into the wilderness as slaves, but they came out fighting men. God was able to subdue a great part of that flesh nature and raise up the spirit man in them. Even though a great deal of them disobeyed, God was still going to take the remnant that really wanted him. And the only reason the evil one is left in the world is for spiritual weight training. We will always have pressure and affliction. That comes with life. But the beautiful thing is that the scriptures tell us that he who overcomes. So we have to have that mindset as an overcomer. Overcoming to be part of the bride of Christ. I agree. That strength training is crucial. And it all comes back to this one point. We have to get rid of the self-nature. The path of the three stages is all about getting rid of the self-nature. And getting rid of the self-nature is so that we can enter into relationship with God without hindrance. And this is what we want to focus in on. That's what we want to emphasize. All that we go through, through the first stage in Egypt, the second stage in the wilderness, and the third stage in the promised land, is so that we can enter into that promised land. The relationship we have with Jesus at salvation is a start, it's a seed. It's not the depth of intimacy, but it's a beginning. It's a friendship. And when we go into the wilderness, it is like a betrothal, a preparation for that bridal intimacy that Christ wants with us. So today, my friends, as you're listening to this, understand that the relationship God is seeking is so much deeper than you could ever imagine. And I also want to say to any listeners who may not have had the privilege of marriage on the earth, this is not what this is about. Marriage on the earth is a prototype and it can help train us because it's iron sharpening iron. But what God is looking for is for his bride. So whether you happen to be a single or a married in the earth, both have to go through the wilderness to become part of the bride of Christ. You can't circumvent this season, you have to go through it. And I think this is the emphasis that we're trying to make and the reason for it. So today, the choice is before you. You know what the lockdowns and the restrictions have done. You know that there has been a concerted attack upon relationship. Satan is trying to destroy relationship. You and I both know that, but the choice is before us. Will we follow God and go into the wilderness where we can learn to be in relationship with God? Or will we go back to the status quo? The choice is yours, my friends. Thank you for joining us on this Uncompromising Faith podcast. We hope you have been encouraged in your walk of faith and want to learn more. We can be found at www.uncompromisingfaith.ca where you can read more of what you just heard here, download our book, and connect with others that share in your passion for Jesus. May God bless you richly.